discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence like this. Thank you for your goodness. Oh, thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Our hearts and our minds are full of thanksgiving. We are grateful. We are thankful. We pray that this morning you bring us deeper understanding of your word. Take us deeper with you, Lord. Grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Help us get to know Jesus some more today. And let your perfect will be done in our lives. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you give Jesus a big shout? Yeah. Hallelujah. I didn't say you should give me a big shout. I said you should give Jesus a big shout. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. You may take your seat in heavenly places. Shake your neighbor. Tell your neighbor you're welcome. It's good to see you. Have you said hi to your neighbor? Not yet. Say hi to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor you're welcome. Neighbor, it's good to see you. The Lord is good. And the Lord is gracious, isn't it? It's a year of what? Living in the realities of the power of the cross, isn't it? So I want to begin to share some of the realities with you. This is a good thing. I started sharing from late last year, if you've not noticed. From Believers Convention, I started sharing. So everything I've shared from Believers Convention is part of the realities. One of the realities is that you are forgiven. And I spoke about that during the Believers Convention. I don't know why uh, it's a problem. Is it a good thing that you are forgiven? Or you prefer paying for your sins? How many of you prefer paying for your sins? How many of you prefer having your sins paid for? That is, that is why Jesus came to die. That is what Jesus came for. Or, haven't you read your Bible? Haven't you seen it in the scriptures? <laughs> How many of you have seen what I'm talking about in the scriptures? I've been showing scriptures all this while. Many scriptures. Daniel was praying, you know, concerning the redemption of Israel because he noticed from the writings of Jeremiah, he, he read the book of Jeremiah, and as he was reading, he noticed that they were not supposed to be in exile. They were supposed to be back in Jerusalem because Jeremiah had given a period of 70 years that they were going to be you know, in, in exile for 70 years because of their disobedience, because of idolatry. God's main problem and God's main challenge with Israel was not any other thing apart from idolatry. Why is David touted as the greatest king ever? Who can answer it for me? 
Why is David described by God himself as a greatest king? David is the example of the kind of a king God wants. Do you see? And uh, Jeroboam is the example of the kind of king God does not want. Now, the, I don't know if you've read about David, you've read about Jeroboam. The way I look at him is like, you don't know these the people I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your uncle. I'm talking about somebody in the, in the Bible. See, Jeroboam was also a king in Israel. He became a king. You see, when David passed on, David handed the, uh, the, the scepter to Solomon, his son. When Solomon passed on, he handed over to uh, his son, Rehoboam. Okay, and his son uh, messed up. His son didn't say what he was supposed to say. Rehoboam, he didn't say what he was supposed to say to the children of Israel when they asked him about taxes. They asked him about what? This, we are not the first group of people to pay taxes in the world. Taxes have been paid for many years. You know, so he, they asked about tax, like, what are you going to do with us? Your father Solomon taxed us a lot. So what are your plans? Are you going to increase the taxes? What, is, what are your plans? Then, Roboam said, oh, they should go and come back. When they come back, he will talk to them. He will give, him, give them his answer. They went, and then he went to ask the older people. That's what should you do. The other people said, oh, your father really, the, the, the taxes was too high, so reduce the taxes so that the people will fall in love with you forever. What I'm saying is, is in the Bible, 1st Kings chapter 12, you know, verse 7 now, it says, and they said, they speak unto him, saying, if thou will be a servant unto these people this day, and will serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. This is what the older people said, the elders told him. Those who had ruled the country with his father. Do you get it? Then he went to his classmates, those who grew up with him. Boys, boys. Charlie, what's up? He went to area boys. And they asked them what he should do. And they said that, ah, what are you talking about? Tighten the thing, let the churches be higher. And, and the young men, this is verse 10 now, and the young men that were grown up with him speak unto him, saying, Thou shalt thou speak unto these people that speak unto thee, saying, Thy father made thy yoke heavy, but thou but make thou it lighter unto us. That shalt thou say unto them, My little finger, my little finger, shall be thicker than my father's waist. A lighter, so his small finger will be, will be heavier. Eh? Uh-huh. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My little finger, this little finger of mine, will be thicker. Than my father's waste. You think my father was taxing you? Welcome to the era of taxes. When you send Momo from here to here, you'll be taxed. <laughs> this guy said, Charlie, my little finger is going to be wilder than my father's waste. Next verse. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Very foolish boy. <laughs> and he lost the kingdom. Two was given. He got two. The tribe of Judah. This is when Israel was split into two. Judah and then the, the other ten tribes. So God gave the, the ten other tribes. There's twelve tribes. And he got Judah and then Levi. 
because the Levites were serving in Jerusalem. But the rest of the tribes said that, keep your, keep your country. We are forming our own country. So they found another country. And Jeroboam became their king. Now, I was talking about Jeroboam and David. Jeroboam is the greatest example of what God does not want his children to do. And so David is the greatest example of what God wants his children or his kings. We are all kings. The Bible says that we have made kings and priests by virtue of Jesus' death on the cross and burial and resurrection. You and I have been made kings and priests. Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. And has made us kings. Let's read from verse 5 so that you understand it. It says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. This is, one of the, this is one of the verses. Jesus washed us from our sins in his own blood. So your sins have been washed by the grace of God. If you are born again, your sins have been washed. If you are not born again, your sins have been washed. But you have not accepted that the fact that your sins have been washed. Jesus died for the whole world. He didn't die for Christians. He died for the whole world, full of sinners. So a sinner must just identify with what has been done for him. And that's it. The person becomes a child of God. You must put faith in Jesus Christ. You must put faith in the fact that Jesus paid. Jesus is the offering for sin. If you put your faith in the fact that Jesus is your offering for sin, and that sin has already been judged in Jesus, then you will not be judged by sin or according to sin anymore. There's a, there's a judgment called the judgment of sin. That has already taken place in Jesus Christ. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, that judgment, you skip that judgment. By the grace of God. Unto him that washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So as kings and priests of God. God expects us to walk in line with, with David. And not walk in line with Jeroboam. Now what is the main difference between David and Jeroboam? What was the main reason why God was so happy with, with, the, with, the, with, with Israel? It's called idolatry. I what? Idolatry. Idolatry. God warned them against idolatry so many times because idolatry is what prevents God from helping them. When they are in idolatry, they don't offer the burnt offering. And they don't offer the sacrifices that are supposed to be sacrificed. There were five sacrifices in the Old Testament. There was a peace offering. There was a sin offering. There was a burnt offering. There was a trespass offering. And then there was the, the grain offering. Or the meal offering. That's the last one. The sin offering, the uh, burnt offering, the trespass offering, the peace offering, and then the meal offering or the grain offering. You see, the sin offering is Christ dying as our replacement, our, our offering for sin. That was a representation. Okay? The burnt offering is Christ our righteousness. All the offerings in the Old Testament were, di were divided into two categories. There were the non-savory offerings and then the savory offerings, or the sweet-smelling offerings and the non-sweet-smelling offerings. The five offerings. What's the first one? Sin offering. Then burnt offering. Then what? Peace offering. Then trespass offering. Then grain offering. All these offerings were divided into two categories. The sweet-smelling offerings and the non-sweet-smelling offerings. Okay? The sin offering. Sin is, sin is bad. So sin is not a sweet-smelling offering. Sin was a non-sweet-smelling offering. 
The trespass offering was also not a sweet-smelling offering because the trespass offering is the offering that represents our, our daily foolishness. It's the offering that is sacrificed for our daily foolishness. Our daily what? Our daily errors. Our daily challenges. Our daily trespasses. Jesus is a representation of all these five offerings. Yes. And that's what I'm going to be talking I'm going to be talking about it as we go. Okay? Uh-huh. When Israel commits idolatry, when they start getting to idolatry, they exchange God for other gods. And hence they stop offering the burnt offering, the sin offering, especially the burnt offering. Do you see? And the burnt offering is a representation of Christ as our righteousness. Christ our, our righteousness. That is Christ our righteousness. So when they are not offering those sacrifices, all the problems that comes can come on them. Because when, you see, there was, there was a, let me read a verse to you. Micah chapter, chapter 6 verse 5. Micah chapter 6 verse 5. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about the story um, of Balaam, okay, and Balak, the king of Moab. Who came? This is in Numbers. There's actual stories in the book of Numbers. Numbers 22, Numbers 23. This guy contracted a prophet, a false prophet, to come and curse Israel. They wanted to fight Israel, but they knew they could not fight Israel. So they decided to come and, he got him to come and curse Israel for him so that he can work against Israel. You understand? And this prophet tried four different times to curse Israel, but could not curse. When he stands to curse, he will, he will offer a sacrifice and then stand by the sacrifice and start speaking prophetically. But whenever he starts speaking, he starts blessing Israel. He doesn't curse Israel. So someone has contracted this guy to curse Israel. He's brought offerings and everything as requested. Everything is happening. And then he's unable to curse Israel. He rather blesses Israel. Some of the blessings is what uh, uh, Numbers 20, this Numbers 23, it says, How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? You see, in, a, in another place, if you read in the verses as you go, you say that there is no, for from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall, shall dwell and shall not be reckoned among the nations. He says, who can count the dust of Jacob? And the number of the, of the fourth part of Israel. Let me die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be like his. When you go on, he says, he goes to a place where he says that, um, I have not beheld iniquity in, in Israel. I have not beheld any iniquity in Jacob. Uh, this is verse 21. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord, his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. Ah, God says, I have not beheld. I can't see any iniquity. I can't see any sin among them. I have not seen any. I can't see any perverseness among them. I can't see it. Meanwhile, if you read Numbers chapter 20, chapter 21, you'll be surprised at the foolish things Israel was doing. There were a lot of... Can you imagine? Do you think people were not fighting in the camp? Do you think someone was not angry with somebody in the camp? Do you think someone was not trying to sleep with someone's wife in the camp? Do you think someone was not trying to steal something from someone in the camp? A lot of foolish things were happening, but God says, I cannot, I cannot see any of their problems. Why? Because the sacrifice for sin had been made, and the sacrifice for righteousness had also been made. So they were covered for one year. Their sins and their iniquities were covered for one year. So God could not see their sins. He could not see their problems. 
Therefore, they were entitled to the blessings of God. They were entitled to the protection of God. They were entitled to the health of God. They were entitled to preservation on every side of their lives. So someone stood to curse them and it could not work. Why? Because of the sacrifice. Because they, are, they, were up, they had offered the offerings they were supposed to offer. And they were under the blood of the lamb that they had sacrificed. I don't know if you get it. In the same way as a child of God, because of Jesus' sacrifice for you on the cross, because Jesus has sacrificed himself on the cross for you and has removed your sins and has declared you, Jesus was hung on the cross for your sake. That is, Jesus died on the cross for your sake. Or, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He personally carried who sins? Who sins? Who sins? Our sins in his body on the cross. That is, that's when he was hanging on the cross. That was what he was hanging on the cross for. The just was given for the unjust. You don't deserve. Do you know what you deserve? Do you know what all of us deserve? We all deserve death. We all deserve cruel punishment. We all deserve curses. We all deserve uh, curses with, with, with boils and cancer and, uh, and uh, COVID-19. You, 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 we deserve Ebola. We, we deserve complex diseases that you cannot, you cannot solve. That is what you and I deserve. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Did Jesus die on the cross? Did he die? What did he die for? For Christ also has once suffered for sins. The just. He is the just. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all points. Hmm? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. This one is... He says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. Paul says, he knew no sin. Paul was a man of intelligence. So he said, Jesus knew no sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. For he has made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? Jesus knew no sin. He was just. Peter said, he did no sin. Mm, Peter was into doing. First Peter 2, let's read 21. For even here unto where you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leading us an example that you should follow his steps. Then, verse 22 says, who did no sin? Neither was God found in his mouth. He did no sin. So, Paul mentions he knew no sin. Peter, who is another apostle, says that he did no sin. Then John says, in him, John is a man of the heart. So he says, in him, there is no sin. You can look for John's own too. First John 3, 5. And you know that he was manifested to take our sins. And in him is no sin. There's no sin in him. He knew no sin. He did no sin. In him was no sin. Jesus said, which one of you can point fingers at me? Which one of you can accuse me of sin? He was just. He was righteous. You see? So he says that for Christ, go back to the first Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also has once, he doesn't suffer for sins every time you do something wrong. He has once suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. For what purpose? So that he might bring us to God. 
being put to death in the flesh, when Jesus died in the flesh, he died for you and for me. So because of his sacrifice for sin, you, your sin has been removed by the grace of God. Why don't you like this one? Do you like what I'm telling you? Or you prefer me telling you that you, you were a sinner. You are going to go to hell. Repent. Have you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Then that is what he came to die for. Yes. He was delivered on account. Romans chapter 4 verse 25. Jesus was delivered on, our, on account. Let's read other version. NLT. He was handed over to die because of our sins. That is why Jesus died. He suffered for our sins and he died for our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. So because of his sacrifice, no one can curse you. You are uncursable. Just as Israel could not be cursed. That is the righteousness of God. The sacrifices have been made, they are secured. It doesn't matter what they are doing in the camp. Anyone who tries to curse. So don't say that, hey, I, I, I did something wrong, therefore maybe this bad thing is happening to me because I did this wrong. What you believe is what is happening. Yes, it's because you believe that that's why, you, that's a, that's why a lot of bad things are happening for you. You believe that you did, you did something, you did an abortion. So because you did the abortion, you cannot have a baby anymore. That's why the baby is not coming. Yeah. You feel you don't deserve the best because of something you did. But Jesus died for all that you did. Hey! Remember, I was talking about David and Jeroboam. Their problem is idolatry. Making something else your God. When they made other things their God, it became a problem. They, they couldn't be held by God. The enemies, their enemies took over. Their enemies could come and attack them. Listen, as long as we were making the sacrifices we were supposed to make in the Old Testament, they were covered. Have you read about Jehoshaphat before? In 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Listen, millions of people came against them. They had a lot of people. Three countries came against them. Three countries, soldiers from three countries coming against one little... This is even Judah. This is one tribe. Judah. One tribe. And they couldn't, they couldn't do it. They, they, were, they were in their prayer. They said that, Lord, all these people have come against us, but we look unto you. We look unto Lord, we look unto you. Yes. And because we're looking unto the Lord, the Lord saved them. Yes. God told them, you will not need to fight in this battle. I'll sort you out. They didn't lift a single finger. Why? Because of the, of the sacrifices that have been made for them. God told them, praise the beauty of my holiness. Eh? Second Chronicles 20 verse 17 now it says, You shall not need to fight in this, ba- in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Now, look at how they went against them. Go to verse, uh, verse 20. Go to verse 20. You believe in the prophets? Verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. Can we read there? You have NIV. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out, you know, they, they were going out to fight and were going with praises. They were going with symbols and things. Who does that? You are going for what you are going to. They were praising God. And listen to the content of their praises. As they went ahead of the army, 
saying, giving, give thanks. This was, this was, they were saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. His what? His love endures forever. They put their faith in the love of God for them. What I'm preaching to you is the love of God for you. The, those who, those, God says, I, I love you so much. I get, for God so loved the Lord, that's why he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. Why do you think you will perish? You are not going to perish. You have been saved from wrath. He hung on the cross. That is the love of For God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners. While we were yet what? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were yet sinners. When you were not correct, God sent his son to come and die for you when you were not correct. Is it now that you have been born again that God will give up on you? You did something wrong, so it's finished. God has given, back, given up on you. What are you talking about? No. We are in Christ. We are not outside of Christ. We are seated in him. Therefore, God sees us as him. You should have more confidence in life. Than the weakness. Like, every time, oh God, forgive me for this. He forgave you in Christ. What is your problem? Start living properly. Start living with more confidence. Start believing in what he has done for you. Start believing in his love for you. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. Wow. Okay. So David was into doing what no other God, only God, only Jehovah, nobody else. And he led the whole of Israel to serve God. He led the whole of Israel to do the sacrifice. He led the whole of Israel. Listen, David is the one who even put praises. He did the, the sacrifices were going on, but he invented another one, which is to sing praises to God from morning to evening, every day, throughout the 24-hour praise. He did 24-hour praise for years, for about 45 years. Yes. Yeah. We're praising the beauty of his holiness throughout. Israel enjoyed the most peace and the most victories during David's time. Nobody, nobody had that, apart from David. Jeroboam, do you know what Jeroboam did? Remember in Exodus, Exodus chapter 32, this guy, Aaron, eh, when Moses climbed up, I think it's Exodus chapter 19 or 21 of them, or 21 of them, when Moses climbed up the hill, the mountain, to go and collect the commandment, by the time he came back, Aaron had invented a golden calf. Do you remember the golden calf? Let's read from verse, from verse 1. They told Aaron that. We don't know what has happened to this Moses. So Aaron, stand up. Stand up, Aaron. Aaron was the high priest. They told him, stand up. Up, Aaron. Eh? And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up. Get up. <laughs> Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses... As for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the, of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. We don't know. Up and make us gods. And Aaron took their earrings, their necklaces, all the. You see, before they left Egypt, God made them, gave them the ability to plunder Egypt. The Egyptians gave them all their wealth, supernaturally. And they used the world to decorate themselves. The world that we get in the world is not for decorating ourselves. It's for the Lord. You can listen to the creation, but it's mainly for the Lord. God gave them the gold so that they can do the tabernacle. 
But when they got, they decorated themselves. They used them for earrings and things. Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them. The sons also had earrings. The sons also had earrings. Hey. hey. Where are the sons? Are you going to wear earrings? Hey. Know the society in which you are. Oh, yes. Before you do some foolish things. Do you understand? Do you understand what I just said? Yeah. So you read this and so they are, the sons of the Israelites also had, they had earrings. It's in the Bible. So me too, I'm going to earring. I'm doing five earrings. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Know the society in which you are. Oh, yes. Before you act. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Someone may not employ you. If you're a guy, you come to his office to come for an interview and you have five earrings in your ears. He said, I just took the earrings and I put it inside the penis. And then it came out as a golden calf. Go, go back. Go to 23. But they said unto me, make us gods. which shall go before us? For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt. We don't know what has become of him. 24. And I said unto them, whosoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. Then I cast it to the fire, and there came out this calf. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Magic. I just put it inside the fire, and then the golden calf just came out. Wow. What a shock. Now, this, golden, this was their first, the first, the first commandment. Is thou shalt not have any... The, the, your, <laughs> Hear, O ye Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Thou shalt not have any other God apart from this God that we are talking about. When Moses came down the mountain, they had broken the very first one. Very first one. They had broken it. Now, Jeroboam. You remember Jeroboam? Jeroboam did not do one golden calf. He did two golden calves. He did what? Two golden calves. Two. He did two. Look for it and put it up. He did two, put one in one place and put another in another place and told Israel that this is your God. And let, because you see, he didn't want Israel, the Israelite, he had separated himself from Rehoboam, which is, who was Solomon's son. You remember? Do you remember? Uh-huh. And the Levites were all in Jerusalem, which was the capital of Judah. So he didn't want the children of Israel going up to Judah. If they go up to Judah, they may change their minds. So he didn't want them to keep going. So he decided that, ah, let me just create a priesthood. Let me create a priesthood and give them something to worship so they don't go up there. Eh? First Kings 12, 28. It says, whereupon the king took counsel and made two cows of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. It is too much. Jerusalem is too far. The church is too far. Hey, 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 hey. The church is too far. Hey. So why don't you find yourself in this other place where whatever? It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold, thy God, O Israel. Behold, thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. It's the same thing that Aaron said. Same thing. He went to, he went to learn the bad thing. And created two golden cows. Put one. Eh? Go to go to the next verse. And he said the one in Bethel, he put one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Branches, he did two branches. And he led away, he led Israel away. And this thing became a sin. 
For the people went to worship before the one, even unto them. Have you seen it? Yeah. So Jeroboam is the example of idolatry. Kings who are into idolatry. And David is the classic example of kings who are into God. Remember, I started telling the story because of Daniel. Do you remember? Daniel was... Because Israel had been... Get, had gotten into this so deep over the years. Years and God waited for years. Like, Charlie, come back to me. I want you... Why don't you do what you're supposed to? Years and years and years, the priest would vanish, everything. A lot of things happened. I mean, a, a prophet came to come and tell Jeroboam that, listen, this thing that you are sacrificing on it, on, on it there's a, a young man coming called Josiah. The guy prophesied about Josiah's birth, I think 700 years before he was born. There's a guy coming called Josiah who the bones of all the priests that are sacrificing it, they will be burnt, whatever. He mentioned it. And then Jeroboam stretched his hand and said, arrest that guy. When he stretched his hand, his hand got stuck. The son couldn't come back again. When he should arrest that guy, that was it. He couldn't come back. The young prophet. Then he told the young prophet, can you, can you please pray for me so my hand can back? <laughs> it's all in the Bible. It's so nice. You should read these things. And it came to pass when King Jeroboam, this is First Kings 13, 4. And it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God. Go back. Let's see what the man of God said. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. He was burning incense unto the golden cow. You remember, he put one in Bethel. And, uh, and he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, Oh, altar, oh, altar. That says the Lord, Behold, the child shall be, shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by, by name. And upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that bend incense upon thee. And men's bones shall be bent upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent or broken into two. And the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass. When King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had, he had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him! And his hand which he put forth against him dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. Next verse. And the, the altar also ran, was broken into two, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Verse 6. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me that my hand may be restored me again. Can you pray that my hand will come back? He was in disobedience, but he still wanted miracles. That's what children, a lot of people are doing. In disobedience, they still want miracles. Jesus is Lord. And the king's hand was restored him again, him again and became as it was before. Wow. God was not happy with Jeroboam at all. Because as they offer... Their sins are, God can see their sins. And because God can see, God is a judge of the universe. Because he can see their sins. When the devil accuses them, his accusations are right. They have done wrong. Look at what they are doing. Look at, God can't do anything. So their enemies can have an upper hand against them. Do you see? So as a child of God, because Jesus has sacrificed, has been sacrificed for you. Now, let me show you what Daniel said. I want to show you what Daniel said. Can I show you what Daniel said? So Daniel was praying. Shalabalaba, shalabalaba. He was praying. Like, Israel has gone into disobedience. Years and years and years. He started praying, and then an angel came to come and tell him what God was saying. And he told him what God was saying beyond his time. Beyond. Okay? Can I show it to you? There are two very important things that I said, I said in there that I want you to see. Daniel 9. 
Let's read 24 so we don't read too much. Now, so the angel is talking. Okay, he's giving Daniel an answer to his prayers. And then he says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. 70 weeks. There's a prophetic interpretation to this, but not today. If I start, we'll not close. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. 70 weeks are appointed. Now, when those 70 weeks are over, he says, this is what is going to happen. To finish the transgression. Transgression will be finished. And to make an end of sins, sins will be brought to an end. And to make reconciliation for iniquity. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. Now, he was talking about the coming of Christ. This is the coming of Christ. And what Christ is going to be. Okay, go to verse 23. At the beginning of the publication of the commandment, I came to show thee for that greatly beloved Therefore, understand the matter and consider the visions. Then verse 24 is what I just read to you. Now, verse 25, look at verse 25. Knowing therefore there, and know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks. Okay, so he mentioned 70 weeks, isn't it? Now, look at Genesis chapter 29, verse 26. I'm trying to explain the weeks, what the weeks mean, okay? And Laban said, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Next verse. This is when Jacob wanted a wife and was deceived. Remember, he said for seven years. When he said for the seven years, they gave him the the older sister. They gave him Leah instead of Rachel. And he was not happy. After he had done the honeymoon, the first night, in the morning when he woke up, realized I was the wrong woman. He was in a hurry to enjoy himself to the point that he didn't check the face well. I don't know how possible that, but that's what happened. It actually happened. And then he came, he's like, hey, you have deceived me. Then the father of the, of the Laban, his uncle, said to him that, actually, it's not in our custom to give the younger before the older. That's why I give you the older. So, actually, if you can serve for another seven years, I'll give you the younger. So then, then they gave him that. He said, I'll do it. I'll serve for the younger. So they gave, he, gave, he gave her, he did another wedding the following day. Eh? To 26. Yes. And Laban said, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Next verse. Fulfill her week. Do her honeymoon. Do the honeymoon. And we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. Okay? Now, uh, uh, sorry, not fulfill, fulfill her week is not in, in reference to Leah. It's in reference to Rachel. Fulfill her week. And will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. So he referred, he used one week to represent seven years. I don't know if you're seeing it. Are you seeing it? So seven years, in biblical prophecy, seven years is one week. Hmm? Seven years is what? One week. So what Daniel was being told, okay, that there are seven, 70 weeks is actually seven times 70. Hmm? How many years is that? 490 years, isn't it? Okay, so go back, go back to that place. Let me just show you this and then we can continue. Now, from, you see, Daniel said, 70 weeks, ah, this is amplified. The amplifier says it clearly. I'm not the one who says, 70 weeks of years or 49, 490 years are decreed upon your people. 490 years. So we are talking about a long time. Do you see? 
and he says that within that time, some things are going to happen. Seven weeks from, where, from the time I'm talking to you, there's going to be a decree given concerning the rebuilding of the temple. Okay? And that was done in Artaxerxes' time to rebuild Jerusalem. Okay? That was, it took 49 years for them to give instructions concerning the rebuilding of the temple. Then from the rebuilding of Jerusalem to Jesus' death, okay, was 62 weeks. Hallelujah. Which is 434 years. From the rebuilding of the temple to the time Jesus rode on the donkey into, the, into Jerusalem to go and die was exactly 434 years. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. And then he starts talking about what Jesus So He says 70 weeks are appointed. Go, please go back to King James. 70 weeks are appointed. Next verse, verse 25 now. Then he says, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem, that is 49 years from the time um, Daniel was praying, okay, unto the Messiah, the prince. Who is the Messiah? Jesus. The Messiah shall be seven weeks and three score. Seven weeks and three score and two weeks. How many weeks is that? That's 63, isn't it? Amplified. You don't understand. Seven score, three weeks. Know that I understand that from the going for the commandment to store on and to build to build Jerusalem on the coming of the anointed one, a prince, shall be seven weeks of years and sixty-two weeks of years. It's actually sixty-two. So sixty-two and then seven. Seven it will take seven weeks for the commandment to be given, and it will take sixty-two weeks for the Messiah to also come. You get it? So seven plus sixty-two is how many? Sixty-nine. So there's one more week yet to be fulfilled. Which has been suspended. There's one week, which is seven years, which is yet to come. And that seven years is the seven years that the Antichrist will come and rule. Yeah. In the midst of it, in the three, in the midst of it, in the midst of the seven years, it's three and a half, three and a half years. That is when the rat. Oh, it's okay. Let me not. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I want you to. I just, I just mentioned this to let you see just one thing. That's just because of one thing. I'm, I'm saying all these things. Okay. Please go back to King James. Next verse 26. He says, and after three score and two weeks, which is 62 weeks, remember? After, the six, after 62 weeks of the temple being rebuilt, or the instruction about the temple being rebuilt, shall the Messiah come. When the Messiah comes, he says, the Messiah shall be, shall be cut off. That's what happened. When Jesus came, he was rejected. Was he not rejected? John chapter 1 verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. His own received him not. Do you see? He was rejected. Jesus was rejected. Go back to that place. And in his rejection, he was killed. Isn't it? He was killed. Now, he says, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. In other words, the just for the unjust. He didn't do anything wrong, but he was killed. That's what he's saying here. I see it. Then he says, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with flood, with the flood, and unto the end of the world the solutions are determined. But um, go to 24. Ah. He says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, upon thy holy, to finish the transgression. When Jesus comes, he says he will finish the transgression. That's his first work. He'll finish what? 
all your transgressions will be finished. And has he come? He has come and gone. Your transgressions are finished. Then he says, and you make an end of sins. You bring sins to an end. That's why the Bible says that he is returning. Eh? Hebrews chapter 9. Last verse of Hebrews chapter 9. So Christ was once, Hebrews 9, 28. He says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. He was offered to bear the sins of how many people? Many. Let's read NLT. So also Christ died once for what? Go to 27 to 28 NLT. It says, and just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ died once for all time. Once for how many times? All time. As a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins. But to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. So the second coming is not for the purpose of dealing with sins. Because his first coming was for the purpose of dealing with sins. So his first coming is what, is what brought an end to sins. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. He's brought in everlasting. He's dealt. He's made an end of uh, sins. He has brought an end to transgressions. And he has brought in everlasting righteousness. Eh? To finish transgression, the transgression, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity. He has made reconciliation because for all iniquity, I'm going to go into, into it later, but not today. And to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the, holy, the most holy. Isaiah. So when God looks at you, God is seeing you in, in him. He says Jesus was made to be sin who knew no sin. So that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God, God, is not, God is not looking, he's not looking at you for. This is his love. This is the expression of it. This is the reason why he says, for God so, John 3.16 is what I'm preaching to you. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. For what purpose? To die. For sins. To make an end of sin. You see, to finish the transgression. Go back to Daniel chapter, chapter 9 where we're reading. 24. Let me show it to you. This is what he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. So you need to believe it that you are now in Christ and that God is not looking at He's not looking at some things. He's not. You see, in the Old Testament, let me just say this and then I'll close. In the Old Testament, then, in Leviticus chapter 4. Le- have you read Leviticus before? It's one of the most difficult places in the Bible to read. Because you may not understand what's going on. You, you, just, you just finish. Leviticus chapter 4, from verse 1 to verse 6, we see a description concerning the, the sin offering. Okay? When an individual does something wrong, he says, and the Lord speaks unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through... Let's, let's read NLT. Right, it will be easier. Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. This is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally by doing anything that violates one of the lost commandment, commands. Like, you just violated, you don't know. If the high priest sins, bringing guilt upon the entire community, he must give a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He must present to the Lord a young bull with no defects 
So, you bring in a young bull. So, this is a high priest. Do you see? And then, this gentleman has done something wrong. The Bible says that he shall bring a bull that has no defect. He didn't say he shall have no defect. This is the offerer. This is the one who has sinned. He must present to the Lord what? Did he say he shall present himself with no defect? Did he say that? He says he shall, he shall bring, he shall present to the Lord a young bull with no defect. Now, what happens is that uh, uh, the Jewish rabbis have told us that when the guy brings a young bull, please go down a bit for us. Uh-huh. When, the priest, when, he, when the gentleman brings a young bull, the priest comes to come and inspect the bull to check for blemishes. To check and see, to check, is the ear broken? Is the eye correct? Does it have cosidiosis? Does it have Newcastle disease? <laughs> Does it have any of those? He will check. He doesn't check the offer out. This is the guy who has sinned though. Oh, yeah. The sinner is not examined. Oh, yeah. It is the offering that is examined. Yeah. Who, is our, who is our offering? John chapter 1, verse 29. It says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away what? Who takes away what? Who was he talking about? John was talking about Jesus. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, who knew no sin. Remember, remember he knew no sin, right? Remember he did no sin, right? Remember in him there was no sin, right? He himself said that, which one of you convinced me of sin? He is your offering. And he's the one under inspection. There's no blemish. There's no spot on him. He's he's your perfect offering. Hebrews chapter chapter 2, verse 17. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our, our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. You see, so Jesus is both the, he's the sacrifice and he's also the high priest who gives a perfect sacrifice. I don't know if you are catching it. So the, the one coming to examine is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he's coming to examine his own self. I don't know if you get it. Oh, yeah. Now, this sacrifice, this offering is perfect. It's perfect. It's no problem. The blood of bulls and goats covered for one year. How much more the blood of Jesus? Who offered himself unto God? Can you show me that verse? Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11, I believe. Let's read 11 to 12. You can understand it. NLT says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things. You remember, he's a high priest, right? Over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of, his, of this created world. Next verse. And he entered in with his own blood, not the blood of goats and cows. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Redemption for what? For how many times? You people, I don't know if you're excited. I don't know if you like these things. Hmm. 
So the way God is seeing you is like that's not how you are seeing yourself. That's the problem. You feel you're a very bad person because you are looking at what you do and don't do. Meanwhile, God is looking at Jesus. You are not the one examined. It is this one that is examined. The offering is what is examined. He says he will present. Go back to Leviticus chapter four. Hey, I'm teaching Leviticus. What a blessing. He says that. Give the following instructions. If a guy violates the law, next verse three, he shall bring a guilt. He shall. Uh, he says he must present to the Lord a young bull with no defects. A young bull with no defects. That's the first thing. Have you seen it? Next verse. And I said he's the one who is examined. Because Jesus Christ is perfect and accepted, you are also accepted. His acceptance is your acceptance. You see, because the next thing, look at the next thing. He must bring the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then he says he must lay his hands. He lays his hands on his head, the bull's head. He says he must lay his hands eh, on the bull's head. He must lay his hands on the bull's head. Why is he laying hands on the bull's head? For two purposes. It's called identification and imputation. Identification and what? He lays his hands on, he's a sinner. This lamb has not done anything wrong. And he's clean, he's without blemish. Actually, when the, when the sheep are born, they are put in swaddling clothes. Okay? The sheep, the sheep are put in swaddling clothes. And they are checked for blemishes. That was why when Jesus was born, he was wrapped with swaddling clothes. Because he's the lamb of God that was sent to be the sacrifice for sin. Yes. Fulfilling scriptures, I tell you. Yeah, introduce to every listen. Jesus is a fulfillment of everything in the law. That's what the Bible says that he fulfilled the law and abolished it. He's every I don't know why we are still following the law. I don't know what's wrong with us. We have a very big problem. I pray that the Lord will cure all of us in Jesus' name. Yeah. He's checked thoroughly for all blemishes. Then the guy comes to come and lay his hands. Lay your hands once again on him. For the purpose of imputing his sins. So his sins are transferred. Spiritually, you will not see it physically. It's transferred. All his foolishness. For the last one year. He went to steal someone's uh, chichinga. It's imputed. All, his, all goes to this guy. This sheep here. He went to chase someone's girlfriend. It's, he did five abortions. Eh? What else did he do? What else did he do? He went to bed. He's put here. He, he, was, he was smoking weed. Weird. What else did he do? I'm talking about this is all of us. This all of us. This is this one is who? This one is who? All of us. So mention your problem. Mention pornography. Masturbation. Inside. Fornication. imputed to this guy and then he's ident- so he's identified with the sheep so the sheep becomes him Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 but God is rich in mercy and he loved us so much next verse that even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead it is only God, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. 
When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was hanging on the cross as you and as me. He was identified with us. Do you see? And our sin became his sin. Famous scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Famous. Don't, don't forget that scripture ever. He was made sin. Jesus was made sin. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. All our sin was put on him. So on that cross, we all don't know how it, how it happened, but the sins of the whole universe passed. Because when Jesus died, all your sins that you have been committing in the last, I don't know how old you are, maybe you are 25, in the last 24 years of your life, because when you were one, you weren't doing anything wrong. But after one, you started learning some words. You say something. For the last 24 years of your life, all the sins you have committed for the last 24 years of your life was in the future when Jesus was dying on the cross. When you did something wrong in that 24 years, Jesus did not come to come and die for you again. He offered once. So Jesus, the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ is eternal. It is past. It takes care of the past. It, takes care, it took care of the present at that time and took care of the future. And we are all in the future. So Jesus took we identified with him. And when he was hanging on the cross, it was you and I who were hanging on the cross. Now, you see the next thing that happens. Go back to Leviticus chapter 4. He says, and this guy shall slaughter it before the Lord. He shall slaughter it. He shall slaughter. So the high priest, yes, use the phone. I said knife. He will give this guy, so give him the knife. And then you will slaughter. Please bend down. Slaughter. There was a vein, a particular vein here that you can just take. There's a particular, there's a way they do it. So cut it, cut it. <laughs> he says he shall not the hybrid. The hybrid is not the whole slaughter. So the guy who has done the wrong thing is the one who does the slaughtering. Have you seen it? Yeah. Why is it like that? So that you will know the offerer and the sinner, the one who is coming to offer, will know that it is it is a sin that has killed the lamb. You do the killing yourself so that you know that you it is you. Who has killed that thing? It is your your sin, your problem that has killed this thing. Some people think it's the Jews who killed Jesus. A whole listen, a whole the second world war was because of this particular thing. They thought that it's the Jews who killed Jesus. It's one of the main reasons why the Jews are hated all around the world. Yeah. Because they feel they are the ones who killed Jesus. I don't ah they are a whole it's a, a whole you have to go and read history, you'll be shocked at what you will see. The challenges that Israel has had because of this particular the, the, because he was killed in Jerusalem. So there are Christian sects that do not like the Jews at all. But it's, it's not the Jews who killed Jesus. It is you who killed Jesus. It is you. Tell anybody it is you, you. You, it is your sin. You, you are the one who so God did it like this so that we can identify, we can know that it is our wrong that killed. Jesus. Yeah, it is our wrong that killed Jesus. Yeah. So that you can appreciate what he did for you. You see? And this sacrifice, because it's accepted, this guy walks away. Please walk away. He walks away a free man. Because he was a sinner. What's the wages of sin? Yeah. The wages of sin is what? Yeah. The wages of sin is what? Yeah. What happened to this guy? Yeah. 
because he was identified with it and he had his sense was imputed when this one died he died so now he's a free man oh yes he can go away free of Chad. so you are free tell anybody you are free so tell the other you are free you are free that is one of the realities of the power of the cross of our lord and savior jesus christ you are free. Say, I'm free. I'm free. Say, I'm free. I'm free. You are free. You are free to be a servant of God. You are free to be a child of God. You are free to serve God. You are free to be what God wants you to be. You want to know one of the main realities? Freedom. 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 God is not looking. When God looks at you, He's not looking at you with an eye of offense. That's why Jesus Jesus came to come and reconcile. The war is over. There is no war because sin was creating a problem between man and God. And God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, for sin, to condemn sin in the flesh. Jesus' body was made to contain sin and to destroy sin. That was what his body. Jesus hung on the cross. You see, Sin did not go beyond the cross. Sin was dealt with on the cross. And when it got finished, when everything was done, when Jesus was judged for sin, Jesus said, it is finished. Let us die. And then he died. Sin did not go beyond. What Jesus did on the cross eh, is, is wild, I tell you. It's too wild. But when God looks at you, he's not looking at Romans 8, 3 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he was sent for sin, to contain sin, condemn sin where? In the flesh, in his body. In his body. He condemned sin in his body. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. He says, that, 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 Let's read from verse 11 so I can see it. Well, NLT please. He says, don't forget that you, you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. Next verse. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God made, God had made to them. You live in this world without God and without hope. This was the state of the Gentiles before Christ came. Next verse. But now, say but now. That is the present. It says, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have been brought close. So you are now close. You are in close proximity with God. So God is not looking. There is no problem. I don't know why. Just like a lot of Christians, you, you sin died in Christ. Your sin died. Christ offered himself once for sin. Hmm. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. How many scriptures have you, have you gotten so far? When you go home, eh, look at it one by one. That's how you understand what I'm telling you. You can come and go and come and go every Sunday and you don't you know, understand what's going on. You see, you'll still be feeling guilty. You should look at the scriptures one by one. Or else you keep coming and going and you know really understand what's going on. Yes, you still feel like you're a sinner. 
Meanwhile, I just mentioned to you today that Jesus, you are free. You are free. Look at this. Look, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Do you belong to Christ? You have become what? Live in the realities of it all. The way to live in the reality is by taking the scriptures and looking at them one by and meditating on it. If you don't meditate on it, you will not see what I'm talking about. You'll be hearing it, but it will not be your experience. Receive grace for it to be your experience in Jesus' name. Receive grace for it to be your experience in Jesus' name. Yes. He says the old life is what? Is gone. A new life has begun. Now, what, what, what happens in this new life? Next verse. And all of this is a gift from God. Who brought us back to himself through? God is the one who ended the war. He brought his brought by what I've told you. Because Christ died, our sin died. So sin is not a problem anymore. God is not looking at sin anymore because that is what he sent Jesus Christ to come and die for. Why have you made sin a big deal in your life? Why have you made sin a big deal in your life? What is wrong with you? He says. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to himself. Next verse, verse, verse 19. For God was in Christ. This was the reason why God came. God was in Christ. For what purpose? Reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. What a blessing. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this message, this wonderful message of God. That's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. So that you know that you have been reconciled. There's peace between you and God. The next reality is called peace. Peace. There's peace between you and God. You are, you are liberate, you are, you are free and there's peace between you and God. There's peace between you and who? God is no longer counting people's sins against them. This is, Jesus came for sin. Pastor Ivan has something to say. Let's invite Pastor Ivan with Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I realized I realized something as I was sitting at the back. That's why I decided to come here and share something with you. You see, the world has made sin to look nice. So sometimes all that is being said, people are not getting it because what is freedom? The world has made freedom to be licentiousness. That is the definition of the world's freedom. So sometimes so licentiousness is doing whatever you like. Do you understand? So when we say freedom, I realize some people's minds go to, okay, free to do anything I want. That's why I actually came. Because I realized that's why it's like you, you have to keep emphasizing you're free. And it's like you're not getting it, you know, that kind of thing because of the world's definition of some of the terms that we have come to know. You understand? Sin is what, you, you see, separation of from God is what introduced the devil into the world. Do you understand? All the chaos and all the hurt and all the disease and everything that you're seeing around is because the devil is the one causing it because of sin, our separation from God. All the pain you are feeling in your house, all your, your father's issues, all your mother's issues, all your personal issues is because of sin and our separation from God. Do you understand? So Jesus came in so that we can be reconciled to the Father who is our, our, our greatest treasure. Okay, when we are reconciled to the Father, the devil doesn't have that power over us anymore. 
That is why Jesus had to come. That is why John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world. Do you understand? It was so much love because there was so much chaos in the world. Because the devil was causing so much pain and hurt and destroying people. Do you understand? So what Jesus came to do was to take the cause, the, the thing that justifies the devil to keep hurting us, to keep hurting us, to keep hurting man and to keep, to keep destroying man, which was sin. He came and took it away so that the devil doesn't have any legal right to you anymore. And it had to be done by God himself because no man was qualified to do that. So God had to come down as a man, offer himself as a sacrifice. You see, so the devil thought he had won because he thought he had killed God. But he didn't know that God had a master plan. No, do you understand? That should tell you that God is wiser than the devil. And God is more powerful than the devil. And when the devil thought he had conquered God, God told him that I have, I have finished you. Which he did. So right now, what Jesus has done, the reason why you have to be so excited about what you are being taught right now is that the devil doesn't have any power over you anymore. Through that sin that held you to him. Do you understand? That legal right that he had because of your sinful nature. Christ came and took it away so that the devil doesn't have anything in you. Jesus said that the devil can, but he has nothing in me. He has nothing in you now. Because there was no sin in him. He had nothing. So that sin nature has been taken away by the blood of Jesus. So the devil has no, no legal right to you anymore. Do you understand? So you can freely serve God. And there's joy in God. You, you see, your mind has to be changed. The clapping and those things, when you finish and you go to them, don't you feel bad? Don't you feel condemned? You condemn yourself. You do so, I don't know, and you, you feel like you have to keep doing, every day you have to keep jumping, jumping, jumping to always be, be happy, and then people end up in drugs and sex and a lot of things, and you come back and you are crying, and what the kind of, of life sin is does that? Not change. The wages of sin does not change yes. at any time. Yes. It's always death in all categories. Yeah. Sickness, weakness, poverty, death, everything you can think about. So engaging with it in any way, in any form, Leads you yes, to death. it will lead you to death. But the great thing is that Jesus took the root of sin from you. The root. When you have a root, you bear fruit of it, isn't it? Now you have, Jesus has taken away the root. Now what you have to do, the reason why you come to church every day, is for us to tell you what you have now become. And the only way you can become that is by just accepting it. That, oh, this is who I am now. It's like looking in, uh, I don't know, a manual, right? Yeah. And you want to um, operate a microwave. Be maybe before you saw it, you didn't know that the microwave had so many things. You thought it was a TV. So many functions. <laughs> no, you didn't know how to operate it. Even, let's even use our iPhone that people keep chasing after the numbers. You understand? Why are you, why are they doing iPhone 14, iPhone 15, 16, 17, 18 to 20, whatever, 100? Because they keep updating some things on it. But 90% of us don't know what has been updated on it. We just keep buying it and just using only selfies. But there are some upgrades in there that if you don't read the manual, you never know. 
and you never know what is your benefit. But you have the iPhone, but you can't use it to the maximum ability because you don't know what is in the manual. So the word of God that you are being taught is to teach you who you have become. You are an iPhone. <laughs> Understand what I'm saying? Okay? Read the Bible. The Bible is being taught to you so that you know what Jesus has done. Nothing you can do can make you more righteous than what he's already made you. The beautiful thing is that the righteousness that you have is God's righteousness. So when the devil sees you, he sees God. You see, that is what you have to, have to know. He sees God. Because God has put his righteousness, it's like a dress, he's put it on you. It has nothing to do with it. So you can't do anything. It's like, if the dress is very big, actually. You, it's so big, your, your hands, you can't even see your hands. So maybe you'll be thinking, oh, you are doing something inside the dress. Nobody can see it. Okay? But it's God's righteousness. He sees God's righteousness. But the devil works with deception. And he works on the ignorance of people. But the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Okay? So that's why we are teaching, so that you know who you are. Because if you are ignorant, he will steal from you. He will kill from you. What, what do you steal from somebody? Some, when you have something, then it is stolen. Do you understand? If you don't have something, what can, what can be stolen from you? If you don't have $10 million, who can steal who $10 can million from you? Steal $10 million from you? But if the devil is stealing something, that means you have, that something. Means you have something. Do you understand? So we are teaching you what has been given to you. So you have to be excited. Because that means that now you have come back to God. And you have been reconciled to the original plan. Oh, yeah. And now you can move forward in victory. Your life is going upward and forwards only. Jesus and it's shining name. brighter and brighter. Yes, Jesus by the name. knowledge that you are receiving. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. I mentioned Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Isn't it? NLT. Verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Verse 18 says, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Verse 19. Then it says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Hallelujah. So the Lord has liberated us. Now we are free. See, I'm free. See, I'm, I'm liberated. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. NLT. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Have you seen it? Christ has what? Truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Tell your boss, make sure you stay free. Now Christ has set us free for what purpose? He has set us free to enjoy the blessings that, you see, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says that for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God, isn't it? So sin makes you fall short of the glory of the, the, glory, the glory of God. Sin makes you fall short of the glory of God. Now sin has been dealt with so you are entitled to the glory of God. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Tell me about sin has been dealt with. I am now free to enjoy the glory of God. You are not now free to fool around. You are now free to enjoy the glory. What was preventing you from enjoying the glory of God was sin. And it's been removed. So now you can have the glory of God. That's what the Bible says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the word hope is elpis. It means confident expectation. Confident what? 
expectation and glory means doxa it means goodness only blessings brightness splendor uh, magnificence majesty honor grace you are now free to enjoy the grace of god without having to qualify by your works you qualify because jesus has taken away what was preventing you from enjoying that blessing which was sin sin has been removed for you to now enjoy the glory of god do you understand so now you're entitled to healing you don't need to do any thing to please god for healing what was preventing you from healing was sin sin prevents you from having the glory of god health is the glory of god isn't it wealth is the glory of god so because jesus has dealt with sin eh? i don't know if you understand what i'm saying what's the wages of sin so now that sin has been dealt with what do you have now life so sin has been dealt with to make you free to enjoy life to enjoy health to enjoy blessings to enjoy all the goodness of god see i'm free i'm free to be a servant of the lord hallelujah look at romans chapter 6 verse 18. let's read from my seven so it makes more sense king james but god be thanked that you were the servants of sin you were the servant of sin now you are no more a servant of sin. It says you were a servant of sin, but now you are no more a servant. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, which is what I preach. I just preached to you. Next verse. Then it says, being then made free from what? Are you free from sin now? So being then made free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness. So you are made free from sin to be a servant of righteousness. Say I'm a servant of righteousness. Now I can do what God wants me to do without any limitations i hope you get it so I, you are free for what what are you free for what is it that the, the reality of freedom is for you to be a servant of righteousness the reality of freedom is for you to enjoy now you are entitled to the blessings of god you are entitled to health and healing you are entitled to peace of mind you are entitled to blessings you are entitled to grace you are entitled to glory you are entitled to every good thing you can think about why because jesus has dealt with what was the problem the wages of sin is death. He's taken away. He's paid that wage. He's paid that price so that you can now have life and health. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. He has paid so that you can now enjoy the glory of God. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a shout if you have a voice. Rise up and let's thank God for his blessings. Have you been blessed? See, I'm free. To be a servant of God. I'm free to live for Jesus. Sin has been taken away. It's the first and main thing. That's what Jesus came for. He came to take away sin and to impart righteousness to you. Yes, that's why he came. Take away sin, impart righteousness. So now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to just thank God. I don't know if you are ready. If, if you think what God has done is good enough. You think what God has done is good enough? Then I think you should be grateful to him. Yes, you should thank him. Thank God for what he has shared with you. Thank him for what he has done for you. Father, we are grateful. Open your mouth and thank God. Thank God. 
Oh mana hase pele radaba. Mando ho shege debe debe. Mando ho shege debe debe. Halo ragadabaya. Give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. Don't keep quiet. I think you should you should thank him. Open your mouth and thank him. In the next thirty seconds, just thank him. Mando ho dabalabaya. Mende he kadabaya Mando lo bara pelege debe. Mandele gadabalo shege de baya. Oh madamadai. Mene hisana mande. Look at what they did for you on the cross. Remember that it was your sin that put him on the cross. He went through all that suffering because of you. He deserves to be praised. He deserves to be praised. Yes. Thank him for what he has done for you. Lord, I see what you have done, Lord. I see it. Dear Jesus, I can see what you did. I can see you hanging on the cross. And I can see what it meant, what, it, what you did for me. I'm grateful. I've returned to say thanks. 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 Mande heke rigadabaya. Mando hosege debea. Mando hodabaya. Malagadaba. Meregia adanare tinimeno hushe. Palo radamade. Kedele kadabaya. Father, thank you that as you are walking out of this place today, we walk out with the great reality and we live in that reality of our freedom in you, of our reconciliation back to you, with the consciousness that we are accepted because Christ, our sacrifice, has been accepted. We are walking away as the righteous ones of God, accepted before God all the days of our lives, at peace with God, free to serve God. I'm no longer a slave to sin and to fear. We are children of God because of what Jesus did. Father, thank you. Thank you for the, your great work on the cross of Christ for us. For it was God who was in Christ Jesus. It was God who was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world unto himself. Thank you for reconciling us to you, Lord. Thank you for your great substitutionary work on the cross. Thank you for allowing us to be identified with you. We are grateful. We are grateful. Now, you may be here, and you've never accepted Jesus as a Lord and a personal Savior. What you deserve is hell. That's what you deserve. All of us deserve it. But because we have accepted Jesus as a Lord and a personal Savior, we have missed hell, and now we are in heaven. God is taking us. God is, when we die today, we are going to heaven. I don't know about you. If you are here, you are not sure of your salvation. You are not sure of where, where you will go when you leave this earth. You've never accepted Jesus as God, the personal Savior. God's love for you is Christ on the cross. He took away sin. He died for your sins. You don't need to go to hell for your sins. You don't need to be judged for your sins. If you are here, you've never given your life to Christ. I want to lead you to Christ today. Jesus is calling you. God is calling you to come. He's saying that there's no more war between you and him. There's no more war. There's no more confusion. There's now peace. There's no need for you to go to hell. You want to receive Jesus as, as your Lord and personal Savior? I want you to close your eyes and lift your hand as you say these words. I'm, I'm leading you in a prayer. I want you to pray it out of your heart. Mean it with your heart. Okay?
say these words after me. Thank you, Father. Close your eyes. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to come and die for my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that on the third day, he rose again from the dead for my righteousness. I declare boldly that Jesus is the Lord of my life. From today onwards, I receive eternal life into my spirit. I'm a child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for shedding the blood of Christ on the cross of Calvary for me. Thank you for using Jesus' blood to wash away my sins. I am washed and I'm clean. Devil, you have no place in my life. I've been taken from your kingdom into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for saving me, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. God bless you. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.